Welcome into the Atlanta Football Party. I'm Jarvis Davis. Coming up on today's show, Miko Harmon find a home again. This is Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it's time for the Atlanta Football Party, only on Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to our Atlanta Football Party, your home for the best Georgia Bulldogs talk. It's local insight you can't get anywhere else but right here at Locked On. I'm your host, Tanitra Batiste. Alongside me is Jarvis Davis and Brian Gephardt. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers, you can join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. And of course, our Atlanta football party is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, we will talk a little bit about the unusual, I say unusual for Georgia, it's usual embarrassment of riches in one position room. And we'll also talk about big dogs in the big game and a win that Kirby always has when everybody else isn't winning. And that's actually where we are going to start. First off, Let's talk about some big things that happened on Sunday. Now, guys, you know, we did our predictions, sort of our X Factor style predictions about who we thought would make a big play or have a big game or have some type of impact. And I think, BG, Brian, if I remember correctly, you might have gone Charlie Werner. So I do want to actually start uh, with Jarvis on in a second about the big, big, because I think we went both the same with our X Factor and said, hey, hey, it's a it's going to be a good look. McCole will be the man he was, but we also had some flashes and some moments, Brian, where we saw good things from both uh, Charlie Werner and Chris Conley. Yeah, yeah. For me, I actually went Mecole too. As far as oh, I'm you went Mecole too. Stuff. That's right. Yeah. You know what? We yeah. were yeah. 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 correction, yeah. correction. Hey, Charlie Warner, you know, just watch out. It was the backup. Yeah, love, you know what I mean. So, but it was the most excited I was of the whole game because I didn't really, you know, have a team in the fight. Um, I think we all, I believe we all picked the Chiefs too. So I think we were right on yes. Miko. Yep. We were right on the Chiefs, and I like raised my hands up. I was like Miko. So yeah. uh, yeah. he's such a he's such a good guy. I, he when I first started covering Georgia and going to the games and doing everything from the media standpoint, he was one of the guys you wanted to talk to. Like he was one of the guys yes. that would chit chat with you and have fun. So it's cool to see him making the rounds on different shows because he's the one who won the Super Bowl. And then you see the thing afterwards too, where it's like he blacked out a little bit. Right. He wasn't sure <laughs> if they won because his reaction was sort of delayed. Like it was almost like a normal touchdown. Right. Um, but for him to get that moment and especially, uh, you know, cause I don't know if everyone knows like what happened to him this season, right. he was with the jets and there's yeah. actually this kind of now famous clip where he says, you know, we're going to go in and we're going to win the Super Bowl and all this stuff and it's prediction and everything came right. It just wasn't on the Jets and it wasn't <laughs> with Aaron Rodgers and all that type of stuff. So yes. uh, really, really happy for Nicole and and his whole journey. Because the other thing, too, is that for him, now he's won a couple of Super Bowls, but mm-hmm. he was really big in that national title game that Georgia lost in overtime. He had some big, mm-hmm. big moments and potentially could have even been the MVP of that game if they wound up winning. You know, and the one thing about Nicole is that that's so not only just being a guy that you could talk to BG in the locker room, but just his story is, is just very interesting, right? Five star guy coming out, and then his freshman year he played cornerback, and then they said, you know what, they want to move you to the wide receiver because you know mm-hmm. we might be able to do a little something on that side of the football, and that just goes to show how these guys are just being always being prepared for the next level, regardless of what their situation is. And I think that mm-hmm. for him to be able to come out and 
the essentially all of the offense that Kansas City Chiefs had in the first in the first half, you know, and then to catch the game winning touchdown and OT, it just kind of goes to show you like the like we we knew what we were talking about when we were talking about a guy being an X factor because we know all of the attention yeah. was going to be on Travis Kelsey mm-hmm. and you know Rasheed Rice, you know he had been balling and picking it up in the playoffs. So you know when you have a, a play like that or a player like that, you know essentially sitting down a guy like Kadarius Tony, you know we already yeah. know what his situation was. So you know Nicole yep. was stepped right on in and, and like he said he had that rapport with uh, Patrick Mahomes and, and they were able to get the job done. So. Just shout out to him just for just being so consistent or persistent. Mm-hmm. Let me let me change yeah. that. Being persistent because, like you said, you went to all these aspirations with New York and for you know you know for trying to win a, a, a Super Bowl. And like you said, BG he, he he was right, but he he had the wrong colors. So yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, that's right. so it took a while to get there. So yeah, I, I, it was really cool just to see him out there balling like that. So yeah, it was. It just goes to show you that. And then I saw also saw another interesting stat right. So Georgia and LSU have had a player in the Super Bowl for t- over 20 years, <laughs> 20 consecutive years. <laughs> you know, they've had a, a, a player from their team in the Super Bowl. And I just I think that's going to continue at some point. You know, it's, it's going yeah. to continue. It just goes to show you like the type of players that Kirby Smart is, is pumping into the league. Yeah, because Chris Conley was making some plays for the 49ers as well. Charlie Werner had a couple of critical blocks. So you could go all across the board to say just how much of an impact the dogs had on the game on Sunday. And yeah, I like the Gold Hardman story because you have to be ready however the number's called. You just kind of never know in this league. And it goes to show if you keep a good rapport, you can go back. Because imagine him being forced to go through the drudgery of what became the Jets season and then watch the Chiefs march right back into a Super Bowl win. And you know, you could have been there. Instead, you get back to the Chiefs. You become an integral part. You essentially win the game because you're right there. You know exactly where to be. And you're actually there, regardless of whether it took you a few seconds to realize, oh, my. Did we just win this thing? Which was <laughs> hilarious because that was kind of the whole thing with that that whole weird overtime piece. It was like everybody, like even, you know, watching it, uh, I saw by Jarvis's and I watched it with his family and friends. And, you know, we were upstairs and everybody, I know the rest of the group crew had like left. All the ladies were like, yeah, we're going. Have a good night because the kids got to get to school in the morning. Mm-hmm. But I was still there and I'm like reading specifically through like this whole new overtime rule thing, making sure that I understand. And all I could think of was, do not let Patrick Mahomes and company get back on that field because it just, I said, if they do, I didn't think they were because I was like, Jarvis, we're not going to win this darn game. But then as I was going home and listening to the play-by-play, I was like, well, Patrick Mahomes has the ball back and they're just smart enough not to give it to Travis Kelsey every single time. And I was like, and something in me was like, well, McCole, what? and there, there, there it was. So no, beautiful thing, beautiful thing. And it also goes to show that Jarvis's stat about 20 plus years of having a Georgia player in the Super Bowl is a perfect segue into what you said, Brian, which is that Kirby stays winning and stays recruiting even when he's not recruiting. Because that is your ultimate recruiting. T- I mean, that's a, a commercial that can't be beat. Yeah. And Nicole was part of that first recruiting class for him. It was one of the, one yeah. of his first really, really big gets yes. and everything that he preaches about teamwork and being involved. And like, I know Jarvis over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about guys like contributing on special teams and doing yes. all of that. Yes. Everything that he preaches 
came to fruition with me, Cole Hartman. You don't know when your number is going to be called. You don't know when it's going to happen. You don't know when that rep is going to count. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. it's the biggest moment in the biggest game. And Miko gets and you're a touchdown. Ready for it. Yeah, absolutely. And and now Kirby can look up and go, you know, look at what happened there. And and not to mention Malik Herring as well, uh, getting, getting a ring too, Lest along with forget. you know, and then Charlie Warner and those guys that were that were involved. And it's like, yeah. listen, you can still make a big impact and and have a long career in this league. Um, and a guy that you mentioned his name. Now he wasn't under the Kirby Smart era, but Chris Conley, you know, prior mm-hmm. in, in yes, the Rick era, yes, too. Exactly. And he's really made a. You know, he's he's in like his ninth year in the league. Exactly. He's a yeah. Role player guy, and he makes a massive tackle on special teams. So it's one of those just take notes for everybody, and he, and it's something he's going to be able to preach too in the off season. See, if you can get it, you never know what's going to happen. You don't have to be drafted in the first round. You don't have to be this. Yeah wide receiver one type. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, really, really cool moment for me, Cole. I was, I was super pumped for him. Yeah, and it might have been one of those low-key moments as well where you, you look at somebody like Alab McConkey or the guys who are coming up in this current draft mm-hmm. who may not be at the top of the Rosemary first Jackson, round. Or even Marcus, yeah, Exactly. Yeah. And you're like, look, man, it could happen for you and for me. And, of course, I'm just a sidebarring but kind of co-signing on that. That's why I was so excited. Probably the lo- largest scream I let out uh, Sunday night was for Marquez Valdez-Scantling because I used to cover him when he played for South Florida. Point being, you can be deep in a draft and just make sure that you're ready whenever that time comes. But I feel like with Kirby, he really always has all of his guys constantly ready, no matter what. The MVS thing, uh, did you guys, when he was getting the ball, did it not look like he was going to drop the ball? I had that moment. <laughs> I, got nervous. Me, I, got, he, I was like, oh, not always again. The spectacular and drop the, drop the basic one. And he had like PTSD and like flashes go through his brain. It looked oh, like. Oh, no question. Course, was yeah. and he's like cradled it. Whole, it was like kind of weird how he caught it. But yeah. I mean, good for him. He hung on to the ball. It was very yeah. important. But I almost like felt bad. He seemed like he got so tight there for a second. It's like, well, yeah. you don't want to think at all. Just no, just do it. out there and grab that yeah, thing. Grab you know? it. So, yeah, but yeah. that was him in college. That was him in yeah. college. He literally was like the big catch kind of guy. You could throw it up and just somehow MVS was going to make it available. That's just kind of what he did. But yeah, it was exciting. I think even if you didn't have a horse in the race necessarily for the Chiefs or the 49ers, because we knew for this show and just here in the state of Georgia, we're kind of looking at those dogs and seeing how they're able to continue to elevate and just be an example of exactly why you come here to play ball, because no matter how it looks on the next level, you're going to be able to, you probably will have an opportunity to get there if you do what you're supposed to do. And of course, if uh, your body and everything else, all of the ducks are in a row. So we'll talk more about some really good things that happened over the weekend and some intriguing things that based on things that have gone on around college football for the last month that not necessarily we're about Georgia, but we're about Georgia. We'll talk about it when we come back and go between the hedges. This episode of the Atlanta Football Party is brought to you by FanDuel. So we are now on the other side of the Super Bowl and kind of on the other side of pro football, but that does not mean that there aren't still some opportunities for you to bet and make a little bit of money with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Be on all your favorites or bet, rather, and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Again, quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. And as you guys know, this is coming up 
all-star weekend. You've got all sorts of cool opportunities there. You've got the East playing the West. You've got skills challenges. You can make some quick bets and make a cool dollar off of all-star break this weekend. So check out FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. What do you got to lose? FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot with FanDuel, the official sports book partner of the NBA. So guys, you know what time it is. We'll talk about it in a minute. It's rankings time. It's over under time. It's everybody trying to project what's going to happen in the upcoming 2024 college football season. But of course, we're always kind of paying attention to things that are happening in between with player movement and one that was kind of a surprise, but a very good surprise for Georgia this past couple days was former Stanford star Ben Urisic, one of the top tight ends in the portal, committed to Georgia. Now he caught 108 balls for 1,342 yards while starting the past three years at Stanford, including leading the Cardinal back in 2021. Jarvis, how important was this get to an already pretty talented dog's tight end room? And Jarvis, I believe we want to hear from you. So hit us with the unmute. <laughs> yes. Sorry about that. Can you? Um, I, I think one of the things that it did, it solidified the, the, the tight end room. Because when you look at what they already had, right, you got some young guys and, and Lucky and Oscar mm -hmm. Delp. I feel he's going to be the lead guy this year. Yeah. Uh, he stepped in last year when Brock Bowers was, was injured. So he thought he filled in kind of nicely. I almost kind of looked exactly like him. We are the build and from a height, weight standpoint, mm -hmm. it's kind of weird almost. You know, <laughs> those guys came. Kirby has a type. <laughs> right. Yes, that Kirby definitely has a type when it comes to tight end. So, yeah, for, for him to be brought in and like being the top title, type tight end in the portal, like you mentioned, it basically says that that young man understands that, hey, he's going to get better. Like, yes. I know he has some, some nice numbers. He's going to get better when he comes here because – you know, we understand how they they put out complete tight ends. Yes. Not necessarily guys who just catch passes. Like, mm -hmm. I'm sure yourself is going to get a, a good dose of like, hey, man, um, you can block too. That builds your value when you go to the next level. And I think Indeed. that I think we're going to see some uh, some nice 12 personnel, which we know what, you know, Todd Munkin made very famous here, you know, and, and down in Athens. Not here. I'm, I'm out in Conyers. Um, I'm not in Athens. <laughs> but, but, Almost, but okay. I'm, <laughs> Hey, hey, tease. Can't <laughs> help myself. Can't help yes, it, man. I know. I know. I gave you a layup and you took it. It's all good. But but I, I think the main thing though is that he's 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 he decided to come to a, a a good a good spot for him. Like we talked about earlier. Hey, you want to go to the league? Georgia is the place for you because they're going to yeah. help you get there. You know, based off of your based off of your talents, and, and I think that yourself is going to be a guy. He's a good addition to this room because it's mm -hmm. going to solidify it going forward. And Brian, there is nothing better than to get you to the point of excellence than competition. I mean, when we look at someone, like you said, Jarvis, Oscar Delt probably got exponentially better. And you'll see the fruit of the labor this year just by being in that same room with Brock Bowers. So all of that great talent in there pushing each other in a space where you also know that the tight end room is as vaunted as the receiver room. You know, you go to some programs and it's kind of like an after fact, not that. Yusuf is coming from that. Obviously, his numbers would dictate otherwise. But I think that matters, too, the fact that you're stepping into a room that's already very, very good, and you guys can probably push each other to, to be great. 
Yeah, and this guy too, it, he's a grown-up, you know? Like yeah. A lot of times we talk about having grown-ups on your team and like he's going to come in and sort of be, while he won't be the veteran in the locker room necessarily for Georgia and what they mm-hmm. want to do, I mean, he's had the most reps of anybody. He's been around the longest in college football. So the rest of that tight end group could probably learn from him. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if this winds up being a, a tighter 1A, 1B with him and Oscar Delp than people realize. Like, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, you come into out of this Clemson game week one because that'll be one of the higher profile national games right off the bat. And Ben winds up, he, he gets six for, you know, 65 and a touchdown. Everyone goes, who is this dude? And it's like, well, yeah, we know we haven't been watching Stanford football too much, but right. he just came yeah. over here and this is what's going on with him now. So I could see him really, really taking off. And especially look at we're we're filling Brock Bauer's shoes. We're filling Vlad McConkie's shoes. Yeah. Like these playmaking opportunities are open and available. And, you mm-hmm. know, the, this team loves to use the tight ends as, as Jarvis mentioned a minute ago. Indeed, indeed. Now, guys, it's amazing to think like time flies so fast and we're already a month and a half out from the national championship game. Right. But so much has happened in that month and a half. Jim Harbaugh left for the NFL. Ohio State hired a couple of OCs. Nick Saban surprised us with a retirement that had a trickle down effect that saw like eight coaching moves for five FBS schools hiring new head coaches. Just actually been a crazy start to 2024 for college football, right? So that made our friends over at ESPN decide, hey, we're just going to throw out another way too early poll, kind of update their poll, if you will. And of course, they still had Georgia at the top of the ranking, no shock there. But I think that maybe what more was interesting was some of the teams that changed rankings that they'll take on this year. And I wanted to get you guys takes on whether or not you think it makes it tougher because I think when everyone initially saw the Georgia schedule for 2024 Jarvis it was like gauntlet style like oh my they've got to run a serious gauntlet but then I think because of those moves in the last month and a half in college football there's kind of been a little bit of thought like yeah some of these teams may still be vaunted but some of them were kind of resetting so you've got for example uh, August 31st you've got Clemson like you just mentioned Brian they're still at number 19. Kentucky mm-hmm. was unranked. Now they're up to 23. Bama, they actually fell from 10 to 4 for obvious reasons. Texas fell from 4 to 2. Ole Miss from 6 to and moved up. Uh, I'm sorry. They're now number 6. They were number 7. And Tennessee moved up from 16 uh, to 16 from 17. So, again, my question, Jarvis, is do you think the change in rankings kind of changes your mind about how difficult this dog schedule will be this fall? Or does this make you think, oh, maybe it's a little bit of an easier one than we thought? I think that it's a little easier because of, like, when you have a legend like Nick Saban leaving, and then when you have to go on the road to Tuscaloosa and play yeah. in a regular season game, which you haven't done in, quite, in, in a little while, I think that makes a difference. I don't mm-hmm. think that Caleb DeBoer is going to be able to, Hey man, I can match wits with Kirby Smart because yeah, he used to be my the guy I used to tutor or, or mentor. You know what I'm saying from a coaching standpoint. You know because we, we all understand what Kirby Smart and Nick Saban with the relationship was and mm-hmm. is. You know, you know those guys have a lot of uh, mutual respect for each other. Right. And you know, I know Kirby credits him to you know being a guy that you know gave him his start. You know, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to Miami. Hey, come on with me, Kirby. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to Alabama. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Um go win some um some national championships. So mm-hmm. I, I think from that standpoint, yeah, I think that Alabama game might be a little bit easier. Now they still mm-hmm. have a little talent there. I know they, you know, lost a few folks, but we already right. know it's, the cover is still there, you know, mm-hmm. in Alabama. So, but I think that that's probably the only one that I see that really like jumps off to me that, that it may be, hey, this might not be as hard as we thought it was. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, for me, I, I love the idea of playing a team like Clemson week one because it just has that mm-hmm. build up to the yeah. season where you have something to circle and something to chase and yep. something like that. And I don't know what to expect from Clemson. Like, That's I, I, I the didn't interesting part, right? Because right. everyone's writing them off completely. And I'm yeah. not the biggest yeah. Dabo fan in the world, but I, I don't think they're going to be as bad as they were last year. Like, they're he's right. not going to let them drop off like in that manner. So I think they'll be they'll be rolling and ready to play, and it'll be nice to have that that build up. Like Jarvis said a minute ago, and I'm almost at that point where it's like, is this? These are words I'm going to eat in, in a couple months from now. And I reserve the right to change my mind. But like this Bama game does feel like it gets easier by the day when you're just looking at the schedule and it breaking it down. Now, I think the tough part is going to be coming off of a trip to Kentucky, which I think mm. could be a little bit tougher game mm. than people realize. Yeah, and that's the one I kind of had circled. You know, on the road, I think that's the one where it's like, okay, get through that Kentucky game, get through mm-hmm. Bama. And I think the other thing, too, is that. Bama will still be in a in a spot where they're doing really well. It's the beginning of the season, so I think mm-hmm. that game will be pretty hype. But I think the marquee game, and, and maybe potentially in the whole conference next year, mm-hmm. is Georgia at Texas, Texas for a yeah. number of different reasons. You know, them yep. being in the playoff, first time that these two teams are playing as SEC, right. as SEC teams. Yep. Yeah, yep. the Sugar Bowl matchup a couple years ago, which mm-hmm. none of the current players have anything to do with. But there's just so many storylines that go into that. Um, that I think that is the toughest game on the schedule at Texas and not at Bama next year. Yeah, yeah, I would think so as well. And I think that maybe a nice little runner up to that would be that November 9th game at Ole Miss. I think that's going to be very, very intriguing. Yeah, because we we still know that Lane Kiffin is trying to cement himself in that conversation that we've been having now for nearly a decade. Kirby Smart, Nick Saban, maybe before that, Mark Richter, Nick Saban. And he wants to be in that mix. And he did kind of acknowledge on some level of a Lane Kiffin acknowledgement last year that, hey, we're not there yet. But you knew he was probably back in the lab two seconds later trying to get that team to be in that conversation. So definitely we see that. And then one more thing real quick, guys, uh, over under win totals came out for SEC teams. Georgia's at 10 and a half with a very grueling 12 game schedule that we just talked about. Would you guys go over under? And you, we talked about the marquee game already and the fact that we think Bama may not be as tough, but would you go over under on the 10 and a half? I'm going over. I'll go over. Yeah, man, because, I'll go over. Like You got yeah. the quarterback. I look at the quarterback coming back and I'll, I'll put Carson back up against Quinn Ewers any day, all day, every day, you know, and, and I think that with all the, all the guys that they brought in from the transfer portal, solidifying their yeah. wide receiver room, yeah. I just really feel like, man, Georgia is it, man. Like, it's up to them. It's up to them. And we understand, like, if there was a, a loss on the schedule, it mm-hmm. was this past season, they they took that L, right, against yep. the, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Like, Nick Saban is not there anymore. So I yeah. feel like, yeah, I'll take the over on that. I'll, put, I'll, I'll make that money. I'll make that money. Yeah. It's been a long, long time since someone not named Nick Saban beat Kirby Smart. So until – multiple people do it i've got to say i mean you get the one loss because you can't you can't go all the way with them going undefeated i do think they they lose one of these games one of these away games there's the schedule is just just too much yeah i think they get to that 11 win mark i i would i would lay a little number on it yeah i would say the same i i think i can go with the 11 because they're just like that and let's just face it we will be having a conversation about them being national champions again, if not for all those injuries, if we're just being honest. So if they stay healthy and like you said, Jarvis, they've added even more talent, maybe not to the level of some of the departures, but we could be surprised in them getting 
back to a higher level, maybe in certain areas where they weren't as great, meaning last season over the season before on a defensive side, if you will, then we could be having this. We're going to have this conversation again. So, yeah, I'm with you guys. Sounds like we got another trifecta of agreement here on uh, Georgia being able to cover. Stick around because we're going to talk more Georgia when we come back. This episode of our Atlanta football party is also brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience is what brings home the winning trophy, just like you saw with McCole Hardeman and the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday. And that is also what keeps your ride or die alive. Let me just tell you guys, I have a personal and even more personal story to tell you than I normally do. Driving to work this morning, all of a sudden the check engine light comes on. And you, if you're like me, that light is like the worst thing ever to see on your dashboard. But then I thought about it. I don't have to worry. eBay Motors has everything that I need to maintain my vehicle, leave it at peak performance. So I called my mobile mechanic and said, hey, looks like we're going to have to change the coils out or, or change the, the spark plugs. And we talked about who's going to buy the equipment. That would be me, the parts. And I know exactly where I'm going to get it from. So from superchargers to roof racks, exhaust kits, and all the things that you need for a tune-up, eBay Motors has got you covered. 122 million parts. You'll absolutely find exactly what you need. And with their guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, if you don't want to burn rubber or want to burn rubber and not cash like your girl, then you're going to go with eBay Motors. It's easy to turn your car back into an MVP. Like I plan on turning that SUV back into in a couple days. Eligible items only, of course, with eBay Motors. Exclusions apply and the guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. So, guys, we talked earlier about the shifts in college football that didn't necessarily have to do specifically with Kirby Smart or with Georgia. But on an ancillary level, yes. And that's Ryan Grubb leaving the offensive coordinator job at Bama at the last possible moment of the reopen transfer portal only to go to the Seattle Seahawks. And you think about that, ironically, he's a guy who came up through the Georgia rankings, right? But ultimately speaking, it's just been that kind of weird month and a half of the new college football season. And when I say that, meaning post-national championship, where the moves and some of the things that we hear, it's almost on a weekly basis, guys, where we look and we're like, oh my God, that coach, oh my God, that coach, you actually think Georgia's been super fortunate that they haven't had to have that conversation this offseason. But yeah, this what the Ryan Grove move is one of the most recent ones that just kind of raised an eyebrow. Yeah, I think there's going to be a like a 30 for 30 uh, on the breakdown. <laughs> like what happened at Bama the last six weeks? Like when Saban left, how involved was he? Like meeting the fact, I mean, it was within 30 minutes of that transfer portal being closed for yes. to to move. I mean, that's you're screwing people over in that situation. Yeah. And I think, you know, as somebody that's for Kalen DeBoer, who's someone who's new to the South and it's all about relationships and all these things, that's going to piss off some parents. That's going to make yep. some, some, some uh, high school coaches really mad. So I really think this impacts Bama's recruiting like over the next year. Not saying that they won't get guys, but right. I think there's a couple places that are going to be really turned off. By, by how this went, um, you know, so it was it. And on top of all that, we had Nick Saban join college game day too. So the last, like, I need the, from the time that they lost the playoffs, like what happened right. from yeah. up until now, because it just seems so fascinating. There's so many, so many layers to it. 
And that's a and that's the thing about it. Like when you think about Kaylin DeBoer, like we talk about street cred, right? Because like you never right. coached in the ACC before, <laughs> yep. and then here you have it. One of your guys just leaving it the last possible minute, and then now the players can't. You know, your transfer portal doesn't open up until after the spring, so they have to basically be around for an entire semester, mm-hmm. or, or essentially to you know start practices and kind of see how things go, and then yeah. you know try to make a decision. I mean, some can make an argument that hey, they might be the best for them. I but think, yeah, it's just yeah, it's just from a just from a you know just being open about what the situation is and i think mm-hmm. that those kids they 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 deserve that and a yeah. lot of times and i think college football has has felt like they didn't when it comes to the coaches because of it's been so one-sided as far as them from being able to move around freely like they mm-hmm. should be able to as professionals i get it right but I, I think there's a there is something that i think it says something that you know when you talk about these coaches kind of waiting around and, you know, and Chip Kelly leaving a head coaching spot to be the offensive coordinator yeah. for Ohio State. It's just weird. Like, it's so yeah. crazy. He's just been open. Like, yeah, I'm trying to see go to the NFL to be a coach. Meanwhile, like, hey, y'all don't go anywhere, you know, for the next guy. You know, it's just, right. just so weird. It's just so weird. But hopefully, you know, once we get this. This NIL Armageddon that, that we're dealing with right now. So like the Big Ten the SEC, you know, this little uh partnership yes. that they form, hopefully yeah. they can get this thing figured out and, and try to get some type of set schedule. Hey, if you're leaving, you gotta make a decision about X, Y, Z date, and that's for the coaches, not yeah. only yeah. for the players. <laughs> because I think, you know, just as important, we talk about head coaches, right? And people following them, but a lot of people are recruited by the coordinator or mm-hmm. the position coach or whatever it means. You know, so I could see even more rules being put on top of rules in terms of okay, so if the head coach leaves, you get an extra 30, but now what happens with the OC or the DC, or do you expand it to a wide receiver coach or a yep. linebacker coach? Because like more often than not. It's it's just as much or, or more important for what the position coach is for that player because that's the one who's coming to mom's house and unless you're like the five star then you'll have the head coach show up but of course yeah. you know, outside of that it's the position coach so I'm interested to see if there's any rules that come uh, uh, about with this especially with it being at such a big program like Bama yeah I think that's a great point and that goes back to what we talked about before. The layers. It's like every time you get to one layer to address with the NIL piece, the transfer portal, and so many other things that are shifting in that college football space or even college sports space overall, then there's another layer to it. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it seems, and I was thinking about what you said, Jarvis, too, like it might actually be in Kalen DeBoer's favor that these guys are already there because he's got like two months to retain them or recruit them. As we talk about this whole concept of re-recruitment, he's got two months to re-recruit them and make sure that when that portal opens, that window opens again, they're like, thanks, but no thanks. I think I'm going to sit tight. That might be one of the few things that's working in his favor. But yeah, it's just more and more of like another weird layer with this whole Ryan Grubbs. And like you said, another weird layer of as the world turns in college football. Because and the connection can, too, right? The connection. Yeah. How about this? Mike McDonald used to be a quality exactly. control guy and, exactly. and a grad assistant, a GA down in Georgia. So yep. it's just, it's, it, yeah. the I, I actually love it. Crazy. I love it. It just goes to show you just kind of hope it just opens up your eyes to like the relationship that these guys have. And just with Kirby Smart sleeping on Will Muschamp's floor when he was a, an assistant at Valdosta State and I played against them, you know, back in the day, it was just, just to see where these guys come from and how they start to where they are now is just, 
I I love this. I like I said, I know I love pandemonium when it comes to stuff. Like I love how hey, this is how they started. This is the the I love like seeing how they, you know, how things came about and just to see Mike McDonald saying, Hey man, you know, let me make Alabama a little bit worse. Yep. <laughs> it's for my guys. <laughs> <laughs> and then the thing about it is, in order for you to really, really have change come about, uh, often it's gonna be chaotic first. So, I mean, we, we knew this was going to happen and this is going to be here for us for a minute. But like you said, sometimes this show likes to be petty. So we're here for all of it. All of it. <laughs> On that note, guys, we appreciate you as always for stopping by the Atlanta football party, your home for the best Georgia Bulldogs. Talk, like, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And don't forget, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast. Come back for the Atlanta Sports Party Thursday.